Hey guys, welcome to the One Up Gaming Podcast. Uh, I am Chris, and I am here with David, and I just got a new microphone. So this is what I sounded like before, and um, this is what I sound like now. And we're back. It's One Up Gaming. It's episode 163. It's me, David, and we've got another. Well, I guess it's just throw. What do you guys say? You know, it's like throw a penny or throw a sixpence, whatever. I don't even know what you're you're saying to me. I wouldn't know what the the term in New Zealand is for it. Throw a penny, you're throwing money at me? In small amounts? Well, I don't know. I don't know what you said to me, David. (laughs) Yeah, we'll cut that. Hey, I'm Chris. I'm here as well. (laughs) So, One Up Gaming, episode 163. Me, David, and Chris. That's us. That sounds a lot better. It sounds far better than whatever the fuck you were trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's called lack of sleep, I think. So, you've got your new microphone. I have, I have, I have now, this is my first podcast with the uh, Snowball Blue microphone, got a pop guard as well, I am no longer a barbarian using my laptop's built-in microphone to do podcasts, I've, uh, I've, I've upgraded. I mean, your laptop one wouldn't have been too bad, it was just the fact that it picked up its internal fan. Yeah, so, so you could just yeah. hear. Yeah, I mean, people might want to hear that. People, you know, it could be, it could have been soothing. I was gonna say it's like a calming noise. Yeah, like people are sitting there, like Chris, David, shut up! I want to hear the fan. <laughs> yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah, could could the One Up Gaming podcast please just be a fan, just in the background, like just playing, medium setting? Thanks. Cheers. Should we do that? I, I feel like that would be more engaging than what we probably would do anyway. Just have like a, a full two-hour episode where it's just literally just... Yeah. That that yeah. was not unsettling at all. <laughs> well, my first week back on day shift... Yeah, yeah. How's that going for you? Is it, is it is it messing up your sleeping patterns? Oh yeah, I'm I, I, I'm absolutely exhausted. I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, technically, I was supposed. I've got my alarm set for eight o'clock in the morning to get up, but my body's getting me up at about five in the morning. Yeah. So, uh, and then it gets to like six o'clock at night. I don't finish till half seven at night. But mm-hmm. at six o'clock at night, goddamn, I crash. You just crash, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like crawling around on the floor, like ah, can I, I go home yet? I think I got it way harder, man. It's like get up at midday, don't do much, <laughs> stay up late drinking. Oh, it's just it's hell, mate. It's hell. 
Hey, it sounds great. Yeah, no, it's just been it's just been a relaxing time, you know, with with it being a uni break and all that, just catching up with people, all that kind of stuff. Everyone's headed back now, though. I'm off for an extra month. Finally, sussed out my plane tickets to the UK. So, how much were they? If you don't mind me asking, they're pretty pricey. They're like from New Zealand to UK. It's like you know, you can get you can get deals, or you can get charged like a shitload more. <laughs> Uh, but th- they usually end up about being like three grand for there and back. So, so like, that's that's like fifteen hundred pounds. Yeah, that's not. It's bad, but it's not too bad. I mean, it's the other side of the world. So I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, we we got a little bit off, so we got like a, a decent, a, a, you know, a little bit off, decent deal. Uh, but like, you can get charged way more for that as well. So. Plus, I kind of left it quite late. I could have got it cheaper, to be honest. Isn't that always the case? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, no, that's been it for a long time now, and it's like, um, well, tomorrow I'm probably uh, going to have to leave, so I should probably get some points. <laughs> so then, Chris. So then, Dave. I believe... Yes. yes. We are sponsored by Audible. Are we? Uh, Hang on. We haven't been sponsored by them before. I know. It's amazing. All right. Well, you guys always fuck me over and make me read it. So, David, before you say anything, would you like to read the sponsor today? Not really. Okay. We'll do it anyway. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) No. Do you know when you got like a tickle in the back of your throat? Yeah. I want to cough, but I, can't, I don't want to do it in, you know, in front of the microphone. Sort of thing. You know, there's literally, there was literally like an episode where all I did was come on and like <laughs> cough and die. And you and George were just sitting there like, shit, are you all right? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All because like I was sick, but then mid podcast, I got a tickle in my throat. Oh, I'm trying to talk, but I can't. It's it, it's one of those things where that's it's the worst time because you you know that you don't you you can't really cough loud yeah so you're trying to go <coughs> it just doesn't do anything yeah anyway if you want to listen to free and interesting books try the Audible thirty day trial join join what I, I, I don't know. Just join join Audible. Go to Audible. Go oh, to audibletrial.com <laughs> slash or that's YouTube. That's mud. That's terrible. You can get... F- oh, God. Oh, come on, David. You can get a 30-day trials right now on us. Oh, well, guys, uh, David made that sound pretty bland, <laughs> but we are fans of Audible, so, like, do check them out, please. God damn, David. That was Do you know weak, what? what? I might have to cancel my subscription to him. Oh, you <sighs> They're sponsoring our podcast, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to cancel well, my no, subscription, it's... but check your when own I, subscription. When I, worked, when I worked nights, I could just download an Audible book and listen to it at my leisure when I was working. Yeah. Whereas now I'm on days, it's like you're not allowed to have your headphones on... <laughs> No, we well, can see you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's 
Why you know, did you sw- like, switch from night to day? It the simple <clears throat> the simple reason is the basically I finished on the Friday morning. I had a four or five hours kip. Yeah. And then my girlfriend wanted me to get up at like two, three o'clock in the afternoon and then be on normal daytime sort of hours. Yeah. So she'd want me to put her on, do stuff, go shopping, go to bed at, at her time, right. get up on the Saturday, do whatever, and then do the same on the Saturday night to Sunday. And then when I went back to work on the Sunday night, I was absolutely shattered. Right. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, so I was a few days... I was just getting used to the night shift during the week, and then the weekend she wanted me to cut back over and do other bits and bobs, and... yeah. I was just a wreck. Yeah, you can't blame me for asking that, but yeah, so yeah, no, fair enough. Fair I know, enough. and I just thought for, for us, it's it's better if, you know, we're actually going to bed at the same time and getting up sort of like the same sort of time. Yeah. You know. But, no, good call, mate. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit less money, but not too much less. And I don't know, it's... If I was to be honest, I would... Easily get rid of that job and, and go somewhere else. Yeah. But unfortunately, with the way the economics are at the moment... you just got to get what you can take. Yeah, take what you can get. It. Yeah, that's the one. So, what have you been playing this week, Yeah, let's Chris? hit up the first segment. What have we been playing? It's only been ten minutes, it's fine. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's not rambling at all anyway um what have i been playing um haven't 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 been playing too much haven't written many articles in the last week uh like i say just been busy catching up with people um gave what's what's it called stranded deep i think stranded deep yes uh that's the that's the one you picked up for me on steam to uh do a preview for uh, I tried having a tinker around with that, and uh, my computer crashed. <laughs> and, you know, no ill will to the game, but I fiddled around with settings for a very long time, trying to get the game to run on my PC, and uh, it did not. And I am not intelligent enough. I'm sure it's like some real dead easy simple thing that, you know, some 11 year old is like screaming at me like, how do you not know how to, you know, fix your settings for like a... You know, like a fairly like low, low spec game, but I, I have no idea what I'm doing. So that crashed, and I was like, "Well, fuck! I can't play that anymore. That's done. See you later. Come back to that and try again later." So I um started playing Far Cry Primal. Uh, I really love it, and I feel like I feel like I have like a really bad tendency of coming on this podcast. And it's like, hey, hey, what have you been playing this week, Chris? And I'm like, hey, man, um, been playing this new game. It is, I'm in love with it. It's probably one of the best games ever. And then I come back like two weeks later and I'm like, you yeah, fuck that game. It's a piece of shit. I hate it so much. <laughs> you know, like I did that with Just Cause 3. <clears throat> Just Cause 3. I did that with Digimon. Like both times, it's like Digimon. It's like I came on, I was like, oh, it's so cool. It's nostalgic. It's got a cool art style. And then it was like two weeks later, I was like, nah, it's shit. I spent 45 minutes reading about a guy eating rice dishes. Uh, I don't know why I'm playing this game. (laughs) 
So I have a really bad tendency of doing that on here, but I'm I've I've nearly beat Far Cry Primal from start to finish. Like doing all the main story missions, all the kind of outposts. You know, it, you know, it's it's like a typical Far Cry game. You know, go around, take out your outposts, take out the watchtowers. You know, kind of thing. Except instead of watchtowers, you have giant bonfires, and instead of like military outposts, you have kind of like villages of people to slaughter, which. I don't know ethically where that stands, but hey, who cares? Um, it's really goddamn fun, and I like I've nearly beat it. I've been playing it a lot, and and I still think that I still think it's really really fun. So, did you like the other Far Cry games? Yeah, yeah. I um, I didn't play Far Cry one or two. Um. But I liked Far Cry the first one. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I, yeah, I never, I never got a chance to play it. Um, and uh, Far Cry Three, kind of like it was a real stealth. It, it had a real stealthy release uh, coming in December of 2012. Because I remember, you know, I, I was following games, and at the time, and I hadn't really heard anything about it. I hadn't heard anyone really talk about it. And then wasn't in the kind of game of the year discussions for a lot of big websites. And then it just comes out December, and then next thing you know, like... Do you know, you know, do you know why that was? Why? They record all their stuff in November, and then they all go on holiday for a month, and they play it all out. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. So they, um, <laughs> they do it all a month early, but that's the thing, you know, so if you come out in December, like, you're not going to be considered. You're, you're putting it critically, I guess, out to die. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, and then everyone came back and raved about it. And so it was like, you know, kind of January, February, had nothing to play, gave it a go. And I, I absolutely loved it. It ended up being one of my favorite games of 2012. Uh, it, it, Far Cry 3 to this day is still my favorite first person shooter of all time. Um, I just, I just, I just thought that there are very few games that are made that feel genuinely good and satisfying to, to, to play in nearly all aspects. You know, like, I don't know how many games where I've shot someone and they just suck it up like a bullet sponge and I don't feel like I've, you know, I don't feel like that meant anything. And I've had so many games where I've punched someone and they, they just don't have the right sound or the right kind of uh, animation when the when the kind of fist hits the face, you know. And it just, it's not satisfying. But Far Cry is one of the few games that I, I've, I'm always satisfied, you know, hitting someone with a sniper rifle from... God, 300 meters away, I'm like, yes, that was satisfying. Hitting someone with a bow and arrow, yes, that was satisfying. And and Far Cry Primal was... It, it, you know, I was skeptical because I was like, okay, Far Cry 4 came out end of 2014. Uh, no one has been talking about this game. The people that have are like, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's not bad. It's good. Cool, let's move on. And then there was like no real media attention on it, like kind of you know, intensely building up to the recent release and then afterwards, and then they, they haven't backed it up with like extra content afterwards. So, you know, I just didn't touch it for a while and then I, I jumped into it and I think that's actually the best, that was the best part about it because I think there's too many games these days that get so much uh, attention from the press and so many trailers are dropped for them that you just know everything about the game and you get bored and you feel like you've played the game before you even played it. And that didn't happen with me in Far Cry Promo. I like jumped in and I was like, Oh shit, I can, I can like walk around like the, the, the environment looks so like, it just, it, I, like, I feel like I am a caveman 
in 10,000 BCE. Like, it feels like it. it. It feels genuine. I'm, like, walking around. I'm like, oh, shit. And I just lit this torch from fire. I'm walking through the woods. There's some wolves over there. I think I'm too low level. I probably shouldn't fight them. You know? And then 20 hours later, it's like, oh, shit. I just tamed a saber-toothed tiger. I can have pets in this game. I can ride bears. Holy fuck, this is cool. So, I'm... Well, can I'm, you I'm... ride bear? Huh? You said you ride bears, but can you ride bear? I'm going to ignore that. What? If you're making the comment that I think you're making, I'm, I'm going to choose to ignore that. If everyone wants to be bear on a bear... Are you talking about riding around naked, David? Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ignore that. There is, there is no nudity in this game. It's first person. You can't look down and go, oh shit, I haven't got pants on. Uh... But you can ride a bear. You can ride a bear. So no, it's just it's just it's just a fun game. It's just like you know, so many games these days. Like you play it, and the stories the story's all good, and you play it for that, and then you do the side missions, and they're just repetitive. Like Just Cause Three, which I just played, had that problem. So they were fun to do at the beginning, and then the the side missions just weren't satisfying enough. There wasn't a diverse enough uh, amount of ways to tackle it. Uh, you ended up having to use the same tactics because you weren't gaining access to new abilities or new weapons that were interesting enough whereas in just i mean sorry in far cry primal i'm jumping in i'm going outpost to outpost every time it's fun every time i can approach it from a slightly new way there's not the amount of options that there were in uh far cry 3 or far cry 4 because obviously you don't have guns and stuff and like cavemen really all they used was like spears and clubs and bows and arrows so i mean that's that's what you're working with here but it's cool it's fun and uh, you know i I think it's a really good game. I, I think it's great. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Right. I'm probably going to get the name completely wrong because I can't remember nothing. My brain's just mush. Yeah. But the DLC for Far Cry 3? Blood Dragon? Yes. Yeah. What did you think of that game? Um, I I didn't think it was that good. I thought it because was... Because what? I loved it up until the game started, and I thought it played horribly. The guns yeah. just didn't feel well. Yeah, no, I thought it, I thought it was like a real cool satire of like the the eighties action movie. I thought that was really cool. But then, like, unlike Far Cry Three and Port Four, the moment I started playing it and I was shooting things and I was doing it, I was like, okay, it doesn't feel like the guns and the the weapons don't feel satisfying to use, um, and I don't feel like like the coolest part about the Far Cry games for me. And which is why when people were like, "Ah, oh, Far Cry without guns, it won't work," and it's like, I, it was like, it's not. Far Cry is about roaming around an open world, becoming one with nature, becoming like some wild motherfucker, um, taking out outposts, and then hunting. Hunting is my favorite thing to do in Far Cry, and there wasn't really any hunting in Blood Dragon, and then then it just became another shooter to me. It's like I like going around and being like, "Oh my god, there's a mammoth! I'm gonna go skin it." You know, I mean, like, conservationists would probably not like that, but I, I love it. So, not having that in Blood Dragon made Blood Dragon quite lackluster for me, personally. So, would you recommend Far Cry Primal? Oh, shit, yeah, I, I, I think it's, uh, I still, I still hold on to the fact that I think Uncharted 4 is the best game so far this year, but I'd say Far Cry Primal's right up there, just because, you know, the story, the story's good. It's nothing that's going to blow you away or nothing emotional or, you know, uh, anything like that. But it's good and it's it's just a fun game to play. Um, 
The only thing I'll say is, though, what Far Cry Primal does, you know, in my opinion, is it it kind of leads, uh, it, like, it, like, shows, like, an interesting path of future games for a majority of reasons uh, that Ubisoft might tackle. For example, I think it's really interesting that they've chosen not to put any dinosaur DLC or do prehistoric during dinosaur times. And they chose to go with the the caveman, the saber-toothed, the mammoths, all that kind of stuff. And you can see from, like, kind of that angle, you're like, okay, well, they did that because mankind wasn't around when the dinosaurs were alive. It's Far Cry. They still could have been like, oh, shit, you've just walked into this clearing. Here's some dinosaurs that survived. You know, they could have done something like that. So I think that that is really telling that, like... I'm really, I'm, I would put money on the fact that they would be stupid not to make a Jurassic Park game with the Far Cry franchise. You know, where you go in, you're, you're like a Chris Pratt from Jurassic World, like you work at this park where they've genetically brought back to life dinosaurs, they all break loose, it all goes to chaos, you've got to, you've got to solve things, and you're going around, you've got guns, but you get a hunter T-Rex, you get a hunter Stegosaurus, like, They'd be stupid to not do that. That that'd just be a, a gold mine of uh, commercial success. I don't know anyone who would not buy a Jurassic Park Far Cry game. Holy shit! I wouldn't. What? Yeah, but you want to play Sega Rally, David? You just want to play Sega Rally all day? I don't know. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, you're not. I'm not wrong, David. I want to get the, there's a Sega Rally on the PS2, but it was a Japanese only release. Yeah. I want to import that game. Okay. Yeah, because from what I've been told, it's basically arcade perfect. Alright. Sounds cool. But I don't have a PS2. Actually, I do. And I think you just have to... I think you just do the disc swap thing to get import games working. I can't remember now. It's that long ago since I did it. Yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I, I had it all apart at one time, so it must have been to do summit. Mm. I can't remember. Um, and then just before we move on, I've just got one last thing to say about Far Cry Primal before I exhaust the topic. Yep. Um. I can't... The name escapes me. I'm going to look it up right now. But there is a developer, this guy who used to work for Ubisoft. And they went their separate ways, kind of. And then um, they came back. And then yeah, he went and they again. came back, yeah. <laughs> so he, yeah, uh, Michelle, uh, I'm going to botch no, the name. It's, it's not him. I've just looked it up, it is. No, he's doing... No, no, he's the one that did Rayman, and now he's yeah, doing no, okay, the... no, so okay, I, I botched it then. So, but he's he was doing Rayman, and he did that for Ubisoft, yeah. right? Yep. And then um, he's now he's creating... technically still employed by Ubisoft. He's just making the wild game for PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he, he's in. I think he's in that weird mix of he's yeah he's working for Ubisoft, but he's also making that game on his own for PS4 Wild. Yeah. Um. And the whole time I was playing Far Cry Primal, I was like, oh no, you know, they can be their own two different things. And Far Cry Primal actually puts like a lot of focus on being what they call a beast master, which is going around and becoming like 
spiritually in touch with like shaman kind of like spirit walks you know like you know far cry used to do that with like the drug trips but they're doing it now with spirit walks and going out and taming like rare creatures and having like all these animals that you can kind of like uh either live through or command yourself and the, the more i've played it i'm like this is literally a first person version of wild like this is a more fleshed out version of the game that we saw from uh, Michelle, I think it's Michelle, Michelle Ansel. Yeah, and the the game we saw from him, and the fact that his isn't out yet, it's kind of like they they really seem to have kind of undercut his idea, you know, and because th- it, it's it's taking a lot of you know a lot of the same kind of uh, ideas that Wild seemed to kind of put across, and when Wild came out, it seemed really original and unique and. Now, after playing Far Cry Primal, I'm kind of like, oh, I've um, I've played that game. Yeah, but with Far Cry Primal, do you actually take control of the animals? I mean, there's certain... So you have an owl that you actually control yourself. So you can take control of the owl, you play as the owl. You then have a variety of animals from uh, lions to wolves to bears to saber-toothed tigers to mammoths that you can tame, uh, they fight alongside you, you can command them to attack things or to hunt things down, uh, or you can ride some of them. So, I mean, you can't necessarily become all of them, but many of the kind of things that you would do if you were a lion or a tiger, you can command them to do. So, it's a lot, it's a lot more similar than I thought, and it, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the specifics of their relationship, but it seems weird that he's still kind of making other games for them. But then the one game he's going outside of, you know, Ubisoft to to develop, they've now suddenly you know because it was a very like out of nowhere thing, Far Cry Primal, and then suddenly mm. out of nowhere they're like, you know, here uh, we've already made his game. Yeah, don't worry about that. Don't worry about Wild. Play Far Cry Primal. Don't worry. So I just I just thought that was interesting. I just thought I'd I'd throw that out there. Maybe maybe there's nothing there. Maybe I'm just uh, talking out my ass. But I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. Like he might have been making the game, and they've sort of said, "Oh, we're not going to fund it because we've already got this game, which is very similar in theme." I mean, I reckon it was more or less he was like, "Hey, I'm." I, I still want to work for you guys, but I'm making this. And they were like, shit, that looks cool. Can we, can we publish that? And he was like, nah, 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 nah I'm, I'm good. And then they were like, mm, okay, fuck you. We'll make our own. Yeah, but games that work like that, they take like two years to make. Yeah, they take two years, but I mean, think his is an independent studio. I mean, um, yeah, funded by Sony. No, it's funded by Sony, but it's still an independent studio. It's still a smaller studio. It's going to take longer to develop. So, I mean, Wild's been in development for a long, long time. And yeah. even if the, even if they started making plans, were in development for a year, Far Cry Primal, the team behind that, uh, Ubisoft, they get wind of what's happening with Wild. They chuck out a game in two years. Wild's still got a year and a half before it's ready to come out that's the difference between like a, a big triple a studio that can kind of churn out a game faster because they've got way more people you know but i so. think far cry primal only was in development for like a year at most i think two years i think two years and i mean uh, to to prove the fact that like 
Um, I don't know to prove, but to kind of speculate, like a lot of people have thrown the idea out there that they did cut corners because a lot of people put the Far Cry 4 and Far Cry Primal map side by side, and apparently it's it's virtually the exact same map, just reskinned. So, I mean, it it looks like it was a very, we need to get this game out there quick, let's get it out there. Well, uh, from and- what I can understand, it started off as a DLC, so it probably was the same map, you know, f- ready for just DLC tweaking, and then the... Well, like the, the Blood Dragon to Far Cry 4, and then they yeah. went, actually, this is this could be its own thing. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. So, so that's probably why it started off having the same basic map, so you'll have all the assets in and just tweak it. And then they just decided, oh, we'll just add more and more to it. Well, maybe it went that way then. Maybe they were making it as DLC, realized Wild, like saw how popular Wild looked. Because that uh, received a lot of critical acclaim when it uh, was first announced, saw how good that looked, and then went, "Okay, let's make a let's make a full game out of this." People obviously want this, so I don't know. All all just ideas, ideas <laughs> thrown out to the world. Throw it out to the wolves. Hey, whoever's out there, David, what have you been playing? Probably an arcade racer or a soccer game. Yes. No. Oh, shit, well, cool. Uh, maybe. Uh. But I eventually got set up and working the emulator called 3D NES. Okay. Which is the Nintendo Entertainment System emulator, but it runs in 3D. Okay. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. No, no. Go onto YouTube and just type in like 3D NES, and some of the videos look. Are you telling me or our audience? This is an interactive just podcast. Anyone to go anyone and have a look. listening who's who's curious to know what the 3D NES looked like, jump on now. Join me live. I mean, the one thing things. that I will say is, on the actual videos you'll see, it looks absolutely stunning. When you actually start playing the game, you can't see anything. You have to go into the options and settings and change the angle and the depths and everything. Do you need 3D glasses? No, no. It just... No? If you Google it, well, go onto YouTube, you'll see what it is. I'm checking it out. And it just basically elongates the sprites... And it's just crazy. Okay. It is just amazing. Have you found it yet? Yeah, what the hell? This is so weird. Yes. This is so weird. How amazing does it look? I mean, it looks good. It just, it looks odd. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking of actually getting some videos put up on the website. Well, on the YouTube channel. Of? Uh, of this? Yeah, some of the games. 
So what other games? I'm I'm looking at one for Mario right now. What other ones do they have? It's just whatever you've whatever problems you've got. Really, and it just automatically does it. Yes. I don't understand how does it, how does that even work? If it, I mean the games weren't designed to look like this or be like this. Basically, the the emulating shell is. Uh, oh God, I've forgotten the name, but one of the oh God, what's basically all the cheap mobile phone games being made in now? Um, you know, the game engine, Flash. No, no, that's that was like bloody on mobile phones at Java. I I don't know. I'm not savvy with this with this type of stuff. It's not Unreal. It's the other one. Unity. Yes, the engine is made in Unity, and it basically just whoever's made the 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 emulator, it automatically just grabs the files and stretches them and plucks them and makes it all 3D-ness. Yeah. And then you can go in and you can alter the angles and the depths of how it sees things. Yeah, okay. And it's... Sure. I mean, I can't explain it. It's just... It's just weird. Yeah, it's just... It's downright weird to look at. With a capital... Wee. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so everyone check out the 3D NES emulator. What what do you guys say over there? Was it the NES or the NES? The NES. Uh, are you the same as the Americans where you say the SNES as well? Yeah. Oh god, I hate that. Well, I mean, you've got to appreciate that like in New Zealand, we've got this like weird culture mix. Of the fact that, like, like New Zealand has, like, like not, like, in, in forms of media, doesn't have that much of its own culture. And the kind of media culture we do have is pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Like, it's just, it's not top quality. And so, like, we have, like, a mix of, there's a lot of, at least, like, with people I know, there's a lot of British uh, immigrants who've come over from England and uh, decided to live in New Zealand. And so there's a lot of the heritage of people liking, like, British television, uh, British, like, media content. But all the stuff that we get shown and sent is mainly American. So a lot of us, like, people my age, younger, a little bit older, like, we've grown up watching American content, um, listening to American content. And so we, we, even though we, like, came from England, we say a lot of things... In the same way and manner that, like, the Americans do. So it is, it's like, the NES, like, nah, I've never heard anyone say that over here, ever. It's the NES, the SNES. I just think it's weird. I don't know, just, because it, because it, sta- I guess it's because it stands for something, it's the Nintendo Entertainment System. So it's the NES. Yeah. It's not the NES you know, it's like IGN stands for like, isn't it like Imagine Games Network or something like that? But you wouldn't be like, oh, I, I went and looked at Igan today. You been on Igan lately, bro? Looking at that gaming news on Igan? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's an acronym, so. Yeah, I know. It's just, I've always, I think in England, a lot of them, 
it's the the NES and the SNES. You know, that's what we we called it. Yeah, I don't know. Different cultures. So I've had like up stuff. 20 odd, 30 years of that in my brain. And whenever I hear it's 99% of the Americans when they go the SNES. You know, it's like it's four letters, just put them together. It's easy. Meh. Meh. I guess it's just the same as like, you just you just learn something for so long that it's just, it's hard to change. It's like what how long it's mm. taken me to realize, and I've, I said this on the podcast before, how long it fucking took me to realize that it's not colonel, it's colonel, but it's just spelt like colonel. <laughs> and the amount of times that I've gone to KFC and been like, can I get a colonel's lunch? They're like, yeah, you can have a colonel's lunch, mate. <laughs> And I'd always just sit there like, do they fuck up my order? Like, I didn't order a colonel's lunch. So, I mean, you ju- you just get used to it. And even though I know it now and I finally realized that I was wrong, it's like, I, st- I still, like, struggle to, like, not say it. So, like, even if some, like, even if, even if Nintendo turned around to me and they were like, no, it's, it's the NES. It's not the, it's not the NES, it's the NES. I'd be like, cool, it's the NES. Don't control me, Nintendo. So, it's whatever so you want it to big, be. How big was Nintendo in New Zealand? Uh, I mean, like, uh, you know, like, like, dude, like, I'm 19 as well. Like, I have a very limited perspective. So, like, I don't know. Like, I, I had a lot of older cousins who were, like, 10 years older than me. So, they're, like, 30 now. Uh, I had a lot of family friends who were, like, 5, 10, their kids were 5, 10 years older than me. So, like, I I saw gaming initially, like, through my dad playing RTS on PC and through people playing, like, games with, like, these people who were, like, five, ten years older. And I'd never, ever seen a Nintendo uh, Entertainment System or a Super Nintendo or a GameCube. I'd never, ever seen any of those in my life. Um, Everyone just had a PS1. Everyone had a PlayStation 1 or eventually everyone had an Xbox or a PS2. So I was like, I saw PlayStations forever. I saw Xboxes forever. Um, my partner, she's like, she, she, she's like one of the few people I've met who've seen an NES because her mum had one as a kid. Um, that's pretty much it. Like, I actually, I'd never seen an NES or an SNES until I went to a video game museum in the <laughs> South Island when I was 16. That was the first time I'd ever seen one. I've I've got one. You can come and have a have a look at that when you move to the UK. I mean, I th- I think it's just the thing. Like I like uh, we were talking about it with George, and I was saying I was like, yeah. I mean, like other than EB Games, like there's there's nowhere that sells video game stuff. Like there's no retro gaming stores where you can pick up anything older than than PS3 and Xbox 360 stuff. That's the oldest stuff you can buy in retail. I mean, what I think is quite fascinating is if you talk to the American side of things, Nintendo is the only one from the early 90s. Because mm-hmm. I think the NES had a 99% share uh, majority in America. Really? So, I mean, what else was the in those... There was the Sega Master System... Never sold in America very well. Yeah. There was... 
I mean, the PC Engine that was out, and there was other bits and bobs like that. Yeah. But in in the UK, we had the NES, the Mass System, the Amiga, the Commodore 64, the Spectrum, and then we had all the other bits and bobs as well. Yeah. But the NES in the UK sold, I think, 4 million consoles in its lifetime. Mm. And the Master System, which was basically like never did anything in America, sold 12 million units in the UK. Okay. So the Mass System was massive. And yeah. that's why the Sega Mega Drive or Genesis, when that came out in the UK, was absolutely massive. Yeah, well, it's just it's just different cultures. I mean, look how big the 360 was in the US and yet still couldn't, you know, uh, gather any of the f- kind of percentage in Japan, you know? To be fair, the 360 was massive in the UK and America. I think but yeah. Sony I think Sony had a bigger even though they were losing in America which is kind of like the forefront of you know gaming um I still think they had a they had a better hand in Europe and in Australasia like Australia and New Zealand uh I think we were kind of helping them come back because I remember I mean I don't know anything about Nintendo because like no one had an NES that I know of or an SNES I don't know if that was just because no one was interested or it was probably just before my time, you know, I'm probably too young to have known the people who would have had it. Um, but for me, it was just everyone I knew had a PS1, and then everyone I knew had a PS2, and then the one, like, the one guy whose mum's fucked up got him an Xbox. <laughs> and then, and then it was like, it never felt like Xbox 360 won when it was like during the PS3, 360 era, like uh, it was kind of in the US, it was like, oh no, the 360s won until like the very end when the PS3 outpaced them. It was like, no, it was like equal mix between people having Xboxes and PS3s over here. It was like, go to someone's house, it was 50-50, which one they'd have. And then and then now, uh, everyone has a PS4. And the only people that I know of who own an Xbox One are the people who are just like absolute die-hard Halo or Gears of War fans, and they're just like, that is the only game I'm buying this for. Other I'm than that, Xbox like... One. No, but but you're, you're in the gaming scene, you know? Like, you like to write about video games, and I have an Xbox well, One as te- well. Technically, I don't, but, you know... What do you mean? You do... You work for 1UP Gaming, you, 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 you do write articles, David. Uh, yes, but that's only because I have to. <laughs> Yes, you, in you, an ideal you just... world, I would just run the site and give people codes to write. Just quit your job, David. Just quit now. You know. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I have an Xbox One because I just like... like I'm the type of guy and there's... You know, I think the type of people who listen to gaming podcasts are the type of people who, if they could, they'd get both consoles because they want to play everything. They want to get a taste of all games. But for the vast majority, and for nearly all of my mates, uh, it's very, very much, I have maybe five games I want to play. What has everyone else bought? PS4. Cool, I'm getting a PS4. I can't play my Xbox One anymore. Why? 
because what did you do to it? It's what did you dying. Do? It's dying. Yeah. How's it, it dying? Won't, it won't. Can it won't find the wireless signal for the controller anymore? Okay. So I've got to like plug it in with a like a USB sort of cable. I actually, I, I have a similar thing. It can still find the Xbox One controller, but the like I haven't had. I well, no, that's a lie. For my PS4, I've had no problem with the controllers, but I've had twice now where the the PS4 would just continuously spit out the disc, and like it'll just keep spitting it out, and it can't handle putting a disc in, and like it's like the disc drive's broken. But then I'll like reset it, turn all the power off, you know, mess around with it for a bit, and it's and it's worked again. The Xbox One, the console itself, I've never had any problems with, but the controller, like, the battery cannot hold a charge now, and the USB cable that connects it to charge is broken, so you have to hold it at all times at a weird angle just to, like, play anything. Yeah, I mean, it'd be perfectly fine to use my pad with the USB cable in, but because it's one of those micro USB cables, it doesn't really have a good connection. Yeah. It easily moves. Yeah. So, like, you'd be playing the game. Like, I'm trying to get through inside. And, like, every 10 seconds, it just comes up saying, controller disconnected. You've got to, like, unplug it, plug it back in. and That's so annoying. Just annoying. Yeah. It is. So, talking about controllers... I'm almost ready to do a review on Game Vice, and this is a like a docking station for my iPhone that like splits in half. You put your phone inside it. Okay. And it's got like two thumbsticks, four face buttons, a D-pad, and two shoulder buttons. Well, four, two triggers and two shoulder buttons. Basically, mm-hmm. it's like an Xbox. No. Sorry, it looks like the, do you know, the Nintendo Wii U pad, the way the buttons are configured on that. Yeah. It looks kind of like that. Okay. And now, I used to have something similar for my Android device, and the good thing is with Android, when you connect something like that into it, it automatically works out what it is, and you can use it on your phone at any point whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So even on your home screen, you can move, you know, press the D-pad or whatever, up, a, up and down, and it'll scroll through your icons or whatever, which is yeah. pretty cool. But on the iPhone, because Apple have the software so locked down, it okay. doesn't recognize it's connected. Yeah. And only when you launch a game that's configured to work with it will it start working. Okay. And even then, sometimes you've got to go into options and settings. I mean, I was playing, I can't remember what game it was. It was a racing game. And I was playing it. And you have to go into settings, change it from, like, the tilt the screen to, like, man, you know, to actual physical, like, joystick. Yeah. And on the game when you get into the menus, it's easier, instead of pressing the stick left, left, left to find the little play button to go to the next level, Yeah. I just press, I just touch the screen with my finger just to go straight there. Okay. But when you do that, 
it resets the whole thing back to touch controls. Okay. So then you have to... You can't even pause it, go to options and change. You have to actually literally go right back to the menu of the game. Yeah. Before you can go to options. And so I just think the iPhone, it's just not quite right for physical buttons and sticks. Yeah. Just because of how Apple have got it set up. Yeah. So it's, it's a shame. It it feels nice. It's built really well. But that is a given because depending if it's for the iPhone or the iPad, the prices yeah. are about £70 to £90. Shoot. You know, so they are very, very expensive. Yeah, no, they're dear. But, I mean, they do have a exclusive deal where you can actually pick them up in an Apple store. Yeah. So I, I think they've probably signed some big deals with Apple just to get them in the store itself. Yeah. And as everyone knows, if you want to go Apple, you got to pay through the yeah, nose for all yeah, their stuff. you got to pay for that superiority. Yeah. So, uh, as I say, I'm almost ready for the review. I've just played a few games. I mean, I, I played a, a snowboarding game on it, which it's probably better than a PS1 sort of game. You know, it plays like a PS1 game, but it looks like a PS2 game, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, fair enough. You know. So, yeah, that's quite fun. Moving back to some games, I downloaded Forza Motorsport Apex okay. for the Windows 10. Mm-hmm. And my PC doesn't run it very well at all. Just keeps getting error messages on the top of the screen saying video leakage or something stupid. Yeah. Basically saying that my graphics card or processor is just not quite strong enough and it can't run it. Yeah. Which is a shame. So it's not very well optimized because I've had other games that look a lot better, play a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. But it's a free-to-play game. It's They're just testing the waters, so I can give them a bit of a break. Yeah. And a game that we're not allowed to run any videos or reviews on, but we're allowed to run features. So I guess this is a feature because I'm not saying if it's good or bad. Okay. But Worms, WMD. Yeah. So uh, the WMD stands for Worms of Mass Destruction. Mm-hmm. It's the new game from Team 17. The graphics or the art style look absolutely gorgeous. Very hand-drawn, hand-painted sort of art style. And it all seems to play smoothly and yeah and I mean I got an email from him saying that as a default they've changed the buttons so this button does this this button does this whatever and it also goes but if you like the other way you can go to options and change it yeah but because I read that and then started playing the game I was like oh shit what's the button does what yeah yeah so uh, I just like literally five minutes earlier read two different buttons for two different options 
So I ended up killing myself by blowing myself up by pressing the wrong button. Hey, why not? But that's worms. That's the game, man. Yeah, so that's looking quite nice. So I'll hopefully get a, a feature written up within the next couple of days or week or whatever. Yeah. Oh, God. I tell you what, it's gone one o'clock in the morning. Hey, we'll we'll wrap it up soon, mate. We'll have a new section, we'll have some more banter, and then you can hit the hay and get back into your uh, new lifestyle. Yep. So just before we go off into news, I would just like to mention the fact that we at One Up Gaming, so just go to oneupgaming.co.uk. That's the site. Top right-hand corner, there's a big picture of the eagle box. And I myself have got one. I had to get one into test just to make sure that it's usable. Mm-hmm. I've heard and plenty about it. I've literally got a 16 gig memory card plugged into the side of it. I've got about 30 PS1 games, 750 Mega Drive games, yeah. 750 SNES games, and about 50 Game Boy Advance games all plugged in. Jesus. And okay. I will say one thing. The PS1, I would say, is probably the maximum that it'll go. It does run Nintendo 64 games, but like a lot of Nintendo 64 stuff, certain games work brilliantly, and then other games you've got to go into settings, change the graphics yeah. drivers and... It's a lot of a faff, whereas the PS1, the Mega Drive, and the SNES, you just basically turn it on, put the game on, and it just boots up and works. Yeah. So for simple plug-and-play and almost 100% flawless conversion, or emulation, whatever you want to call it, then I would say the PS1, the SNES, and Mega Drive... I've even got, like, 32X games running on it, which is quite funny. I think okay. I've got 36 32X games. Yeah. Which is quite fun. Because, like, when's the last time you've seen anyone play a 32X? True. Do you even know what a 32X is? No, I do not. Do you know what a Mega CD is? No, I do not. <laughs> It's what killed Sega. Because they had the Mega Drive, and then they released a CD add-on called the Mega CD. Yeah. And that didn't do very well. And then they released Virtual Racing on the Mega Drive, and it had a... Oh, God, what the hell was it? SVR chip? SVP chip? Something like that. Which was basically a graphics chip built into the cartridge. Yeah. And Sega decided that they couldn't release another game using that technology because it cost too much to make. Yeah. So what they decided on doing is build something that looked like a big mushroom that sat in the top of the Mega Drive cartridge slot. Okay. And that was that chip. So then you just bought a normal 32X game... Where it looked like just like a Mega Drive cartridge. Plug yeah. it into that, and it used the extra processing power of the the actual 32x unit itself. Yeah. And 
So that's basically where, where the idea of that came from, and, and that was another massive failure for Sega. Well, there's a history lesson for me. Yeah. So... It had some good games. It had Virtua Racing Deluxe, Virtua Fighter, even had Star Wars Arcade, had Mortal Kombat 2. had a, a, a few good ones. So, anyway, that's the Eagle box. It's the Eagle box. We are selling it. We are. For the cheapest price in the UK, which is pretty cool. That's a pretty big climb, but a pretty cool climb. Other sites are selling it for eighty pounds. What seventy nine ninety nine? And what are we selling it for, David? Sixty four ninety nine. That's pretty damn good. And hopefully, that'll continue. And I had to, someone bought one and they emailed me with a, a problem, and I had to, so I, I talked them through the solutions because it happened to me as well. Mm-hmm. So I talked him through the solution and. He has an email back, so hopefully it's all fixed. Oh, sweet. There you go. So not only will we sell it to you for the cheapest price in the UK, uh, we'll even we'll even suss you out with any help you need. Yep. 24 hours helpline. Just email us, and then I'll email you when I can be bothered. Customer service. <laughs> At the forefront yeah. of our care. When I get up or when I go finish work, I'll email you straight away. Yep, 24-7. Apart from when I'm sleeping or at work. 24-7. Anytime. <laughs> Feel free. Six minutes a day. <laughs> Anytime. We'll be there. Feel free. Cool. So, uh, on to the news segment. News. I'm going to cut you off. Yeah, there you go. You, you're probably going to segue to the same thing, but news. News. Yes. News. Um, sweet news. Um, what have we got on the agenda today? And now, it's this week's news with 1UP Gaming. First up, Tomb Raider 20th Anniversary. Basically, the uh, Game of the Year edition for Rise of the Tomb Raider, which came out on Xbox One last year. Uh, It will be finally launching on PS4 on October 11th. Um, Boom, you've got the game there, the game you've been waiting a year to play. For some people, like myself, uh, you could have just picked it up on Xbox One, but you're a... You're an asshole who goes, I want to play it on a DualShock 4. So you waited an entire year to play it on PS4. Or maybe you just didn't have an Xbox One and then, hey, you're actually a better person and finally you get a game you want. So Rise of the Tomb Raider, October 11th. Going to come with a whole ton of extra content that was not available before. uh, Such as a Gone Home style exploration of uh, the Croft Mansion, which sounds pretty cool. Um, And then a Resident Evil style version of that same map but uh with zombies because why not just add zombies and then finally there's also a kind of survival uh simulator slash dark souls-ish kind of um co-op mode where uh, you have to go and scavenge for resources uh and with a co-op partner if you feel like it and uh and yes, survive the night. And if you die, you lose all your resources. So they've, 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 not only have they thrown in the main game here for the PS4, they've thrown in like a whole ton of mini games that are in the Tomb Raider universe, but you've got a bit of Gone Home, you've got a bit of like a, a Rust survival, kind of Dark Souls-y, I don't know, kind of thing. 
and then you got a bit of a Resident Evil. So I mean, uh, what do you what do you, what, do you, what do you think of that, David? I think it's literally. I, I wish I'd have fought more for it for Game of the Year last year. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I mean, I never picked it up until the the sales just before Christmas. But like a lot of places, we did our recordings. I think we recorded about the. Oh God. I must have picked it up just before Christmas. Yeah. I think they do the week-long sale for Christmas on Xbox Live, uh, Xbox The Star. Yeah. And I sort of... We recorded the second week in December, so about the 12th, I think it was. Okay. And, yeah, at that time I hadn't played it, and then when I did actually manage to play it, oh, my God. Yeah, I've been it looking. I've been looking amazing. forward to playing this one. I, as I say, I, I didn't want to play it on Xbox One. I wanted to wait for the PS4 version, but uh, I, I'm really looking forward to playing it. Hmm. I mean, for me, it's head and shoulders above Uncharted for. Wow. Okay, that's a big claim. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to wait and see on uh, October 11th. Second up on the news agenda for this week: No Man's Sky cannot catch a break. Uh, as you listeners may be aware, No Man's Sky has faced a myriad of troubles from early on in their development when their uh, studio was flooded to more recent stories such as uh, the the uh, uh, media producing company Sky suing Hello Games over their use of Sky, the word, in the title No Man's Sky, which is to me ridiculous because... Th- that a company owns the word sky blows my mind. Uh, the latest news on this front is a, um, a few German individuals have cited that hello games is apparently using a super formula that they patented, uh, decade over, over a decade ago. And that hello games is using the super formula without permission. So, They've apparently made several attempts to contact Hello Games, but have said that if they don't hear anything back soon, they may be forced to take legal action. So for me personally, I'm sitting here going, can this game please come out with someone, without, you know, without <laughs> someone trying to destroy it for some some weird reason, like it having, like, like someone is going to own the word no, and they're like, fuck you, this game's not coming out. Or, hang on. Is that a spaceship in No Man's Sky? This is Disney. We own Star Wars. Get that shit out of here. Like, I... I, I'm... Just let this game come out, people. Please. Please. Any thoughts, David? I... Would just say that Sky, they did have precedent in this, because that's why... The SkyDrive that Microsoft had is now called OneDrive. I under I understand. I just don't like you know, it. So... I just don't like it. Yeah, I know. I think I think it's when 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 you were McDonald's and someone makes something called McDaniel's and it has a yellow M for their logo. They are they are using your brand. They are Yeah. To an extent, tarnishing your name 
by making a subpar knockoff, you have a right to have a problem with that. When you just snatch up words and say, this is our word, no one looks at No Man's Sky and thinks, shit, if this is a bad game, I am unsubscribing to my Sky TV <laughs> subscription. No, it's, it's a word. It doesn't tarnish their brand at all. It doesn't affect them in any way. It's just problems for the sake of having problems. I understand the legal side. They're not necessarily in the wrong, but at the same time, it's just a dick move. So, But you do understand in legal ease, if they don't contest it, that means that another company can come out with other things with the word, with Sky, and they can sort of say, well, you never contested that, so legally you can't contest this. So they have to contest everything. Really? Yes. But uh, but from what I've been reading about this, is Sky's been contesting this quite heavily. I mean, if, that's, if, if you're saying that, then couldn't they just contest it? No Man's Sky's like, hey man, we're just doing this, and Sky would be like, okay, cool man, cool. Do, do you shit? Well, no, because they have to take it to car and they have to push. Otherwise, Every time someone uses the word sky. No, it depends on if it's something that they're interested in doing. So they might be thinking of making a games division or something like that. Okay, well, hey, look. Because they are a multi faceted company they don't just do you know and then it might be the simple fact that they had a like a you call like a series of adverts set ready to go because i don't know if you get sky over there oh no we do it's 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 one of our main uh suppliers of television content i mean they had basically like broadband sort of stuff and they had the little toys from Toy Story and the little minion looking things pointed up to the sky and like sky you know so I mean they are doing other bits and bobs with other so I mean it might just be the fact that their tagline for that advert might have been no man's sky do you know what I mean? So it might just, it might be just simple things like that, but they have to contest every legal thing. Otherwise, there's a precedent for other companies to say, "Oh, you never contested that, so we'll just do it." All right. Well, well, David, David, <laughs> you've you've used logic and reasoning and facts, and you've done me. And but at the same time, one... this is a dick move. I I'll don't like thing. it. Let if the game come out. No Man's Sky gets better than a 7.5 average, I'd be amazed. I'm not saying I've played the game or anything like that, but if it gets anything better than like 7.5, I'd David, be amazed. David, hey, I asked for that review copy. Don't you dare tell me that you've you bloody kept it for yourself. Moving on. That silence, oh, is damning. <laughs> God damn you, David. I quit. What's next? I, I quit. <laughs> Started my own site. It's called Two Up Gaming, Two Down Gaming. 
<laughs> All right, final news agenda topic this week. Uh, we've spoken a lot about retro gaming consoles, and we are not done. Um, the Nintendo Classic Mini. Tiny little yep. NES got announced. $120 over here in New Zealand. What is that for you? I think Ooh. that's like... 60 pounds 50 pounds over there for you guys I, th- I think we've got it for 49.99 49.99 so 50 pounds so we're getting charged a bit more fuck it we always and do it's, i think it's 60 dollars in america yeah we're getting charged 120 because we always get charged stupid prices but hey oh mm. well oh well that yeah it must be a little bit steep over here anyway um i believe the release date is early november um and it comes packaged with a variety of games from the uh, first three Mario Brothers games to uh, some Zelda, some Donkey Kong, um, Punch Out! You've got a you got a few things going on there. So it's preloaded with thirty games. the The NES Mini is literally like the size of your hand. Has like a little HDMI plug. Plug it into your TV. Comes with a controller that looks identical to the old NES controller. You've got thirty classics on there for a a pretty affordable price. Oh, you could buy a. Eagle box, and you can dump like 500 NES games on it. There you go. So here's the confusing thing, people. (laughs) Are we telling you the news, or are we just trying to sell you the Eagle box and tell you how shit this Nintendo Classic Mini is? Who knows? We'll leave that up for you to decide. For me, the, the NES Classic, I don't think I would ever use it as intended. I would buy one just to put on the side, just as a little model. It's a little model, model, yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's quite interesting, like, for for people like me and for these Eagle Boxes and all these kind of consoles, like, I sit there and go, I missed out on that generation. I missed out on that stuff. So for them to relaunch it in, like, a little packageable, tiny little way, I'm like, I'd really like to try the original Mario Brothers games and the original Zelda games Mm. because I never got to. So these kind of little emulator consoles like the Eagle Box and the Nintendo doing like a a, a proper version from themselves, uh, I think it's cool. I, you know, at an affordable price, they chuck it all on there for you, make it easy, you know, because it's it's hard to come by games these days. And it might be easier in the States or in the UK, but places like New Zealand, it's hard to come by these games. So it's, uh, I think it's cool. Well, I mean, you say that, but I mean, I, I know I've got a, a NES now, but when I was a kid... I only knew one person, a, a rich friend. Well, he wasn't really a friend, but he, he had a NES, so we went around to his house to play every now and again. Um, we, I knew one person in my whole town who had a NES. Mm-hmm. So I played Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, and that's basically it for the NES. I've played Super Mario Brothers 2 since because I had the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. And Super Mario Advance was Super Mario 2. Uh, what? The, the names got weird. Okay. And so I played that quite a bit on the Game Boy Advance. But yeah, I've never gotcha. really played Super Mario Brothers 3. But everyone goes on about how it's maybe yeah, the, is, one of amazing, the greatest yeah. games ever made. I know. And I... And I I feel like as someone who wants to be a part of the games industry, uh, that's something I'm lacking. And I feel like for people who are currently in the games industry, most of them who are kind of in their 30s, mid-30s, early, early uh, not early, late 20s, um, they grew up on kind of the original wave of consoles. 
the the early Nintendo consoles, the Ataris, the the you know those, those kind of uh, technologies they grew up on, and they've basically seen almost the entire evolution of gaming. Whereas for people like me, I, I jumped in, you know, on Sony's second console. You know, I miss out completely on Nintendo. And I just, I think this is good for people like me who want to be a part of this industry and don't want to feel like they've missed out on these experiences that the kind of generation before us holds so dear. I, I think it's important that we understand that. Yeah. I was trying to be philosophical Sorry, uh, or, or, or I was, deep. I was you're reading. Like, what? What? I was reading your notes, and you've put Neo Man's Sky. Yeah, I was in a rush, man. Uh, if you, if anyone uh, <laughs> wants to know what David's fucking ignoring me over, uh, in the in the segment we have like a, we have a little write up just where we go over our topics on a, a shared document, and I wrote news, Tomb Raider twentieth anniversary November. Immediately wrong. It's October, so fuck. <laughs> Second, I've got Neo Man's Sky, Can't Catch a Break, uh, an intense amount of incorrect grammar there, and then we've got There's Ness, a lot of squiggles, isn't there? Yeah, a lot of squiggles, and then we've got Ness or NES Classic, no other information, so I hadn't decided yet how I felt about it, obviously. And then I came here, I had a lot to say, David wasn't even listening. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I've been quite good this week, I've actually listened quite contently what do you mean you've been good this week do you usually not listen i'd only take my headset off for the first 20 minutes wow <laughs> wow well we're, we're definitely trying to get people to listen to a podcast where our host doesn't even listen to it shit i tell you what before we go into the the wrap-up i just want to mention i hate the self-entitled assholes on t- Twitter. I don't know where you're going with this. You're one of our me. reviews. One of our reviews for a game gave it a bad scar, bad review. Is it the one that you've been talking about forever? Which one? Is it Dino Dini's? Yes. For the love of God, you've been talking about this for weeks. Kickoff Revival. I've been getting thousands and literally thousands of tweets and emails. Yes. And, I mean, I'll just say, I'll say one of them is like, us, are you going to review it once it's had the updates? I was like, well, no, because we reviewed the game as it's given to us to review on the date of release. Right. And they're, they're like, yeah, but this is a special game. It needs to be reviewed again. I was like, we can't do that. And then they, they're just like, oh, so why'd you hate the game? Why'd you hate Dino? Why'd you hate this? It's like, oh, shit. Why'd you hate up. Dino? <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's a fine guy, but I mean, people need to understand, like, it, that's the nature of reviewing. It's like, you know, we've got nothing again. I mean, I, I can't speak for you, David, but... You know, when I review a game, I've got nothing against the developer. I've got nothing against the the person behind making it. It's just I'm going to review the game for what it is when you give it to me. You know, if you give it to me in subpar condition and tell me it'll be fixed in a year, then I'll tell you, well, this is what your score is, mate. You should have put it out in a year. The thing that gets me is I got the review code 
for Dino Dini's kickoff revival. And I give the code to Zach to review. Because I had already pre-ordered the game. Because I was excited for the game. I bought it physically, the disc. You know, to actually have myself in my collection. Yeah. So I, I paid... It was only 15 quid, but still, I paid £15 out of my own money. So I thought, I've paid for it. I, I don't want to review the game. Yeah. You know, it, it puts me in a different position. And because I used to love Kickoff in the early 90s on the Mega Drive. Yeah. And this game is almost unplayable. Okay. The fact that it's got no red cards or yellow cards. If you're, if the goalkeeper saves the the, you know, like dives and saves the ball. Yeah. But he actually goes over into his own net. He just gets up and walks back out, and there's no goal. Yeah. Okay. If I, I scored an own goal by accident. And my player celebrated with the other team. Okay. That's which I weird. thought was quite funny, but... <laughs> weird. <laughs> and the slide tackles, they actually literally go from one side of the pitch to the other. They just, like, slide <laughs> like hell. <laughs> which is just crazy. And it's all on one button. So as soon as you don't have the ball... You press the button, you know, hoping that you get it to kick it. Yeah. But because it's also the slide tackle, the amount of penalties that you give away, because you automatically just slide into them and give fouls. Yeah. There's no... There isn't offside in the game, so when you're playing the game, they just hoof it upfield. Your defenders have gone wall, and there's like... Two of their strikers stood up front on their own, ready just to score. Yeah. The graphics... I mean, the pitch and the players look okay. But the background, like, the fans looks atrocious. It's like little dots moving left and right. And the stadium on the outside has got, like, what looks like meant to be, like, buildings. But they're literally just, like, Lego blocks. Okay. No detail whatsoever, just solid blue or solid red. It's crazy. And to me, the biggest problem for the whole game is the only game mode is tournament with 32 teams. You can't do subs, you can't change the players. That's who you have. Yeah. You know, so there's no, like, leagues, there's no... Nothing like that. And it's just very, very bare. So basically, I've just said, I might enjoy the game if they change the way the tackles happen, because I think it moves and you can pass quite well. Yeah. But the tackling is atrocious. Yeah. It's got no one to players, no subs, no yellow cast, no red cast, no offside. No, it it doesn't... You know... You don't have to justify yourself, David. I mean, you know, you didn't like the game. It doesn't sound like a, a particularly great game. 
that's fine. People have to accept that. And I mean, you know, people are welcome to ask, you know, why you didn't like it, you know, and, and know like, okay, well, this is my opinion, you know, and hopefully you put that in the review. That's what the review's for. But like, um, no one should hold that against you. It, it, it's an opinion. At the end of the day, it's an opinion. It's the opinion of one person. And yes, it stands for the opinion of the site, but it doesn't have to stand for the opinion of everyone in the world. What I think is funny is I actually, because Dino himself was on Twitch and he said he was going to live stream him programming the updates. Yeah. And so I just turned it on to have a watch and he said going on about reviewers, how they've got a hidden agenda against him. So I just thought, oh, this is quite interesting. So I hit record. Yeah. And he had a massive, massive sort of thing going on about his game. And he was like, someone sort of said, are you happy about having the PS4's lowest ranked game on Metacritic? Damn. That's And he was like. (laughs) That's rough. There's some fucking shit games on there. And he was not happy. And then, like, on his... Do you know, like, you can have, like, scrolling text. It was basically sort of on the scrolling text. So, don't listen to the reviewers. You know, the game's fun or whatever. Yeah. You know, he's just like, well... It's nothing against Dino. It's the fact the game is crap. Yeah. Simple as... But I think what made it worse, because me being stupid, I re-put the video up on YouTube (laughs) and it got like a thousand views and Dino was basically saying, take that down or I'll take it to court or whatever. And then that's when his little fans jumped on and started emailing us. Yeah, that wasn't smart, mate. It was funny, though. It just... I tell you what, while we're talking about this, we've also got our sister podcast. I did an interview or a chat with Steve Screech. Right. And this is a guy who helped Dino make kickoff, and he helped him do all the other bits and bobs. And let's just say there's no love lost between the two of them. Okay. And I sort of... I've spoke to Dino before. And during the chat with Steve, I basically said... I don't really know much of Dino, but from what I've spoke to him about... He seems as though he's very highly intelligent. And he thinks... Do you know he's one of those, those people that is too good for people? Do you know yeah, what I mean? I, I get what you mean, but I mean, I don't. I don't think we should really like, you know, just bash the guy. Oh no, no, I'm just, I'm just. That's my personal experience with him. He just seemed above. You know, he just thought he was too good, right? Because like some of the stuff he's said is crazy. But anyway, that's a plug for our other podcast, which <laughs> is OUG Talks. <laughs> Fuck Dino Dini. 
<laughs> That's a plug for our podcast, if you didn't realise. <laughs> Fuck, that's obscure, mate. <laughs> hey, we, we had a, a chat with someone who helped Dino make games for over 20 years. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a cool... Like, I think, let's just get out of there. I mean, we, you know, we're not here to, to talk trash about anyone. This is a fun podcast. We're here to have fun. But we all know David has some pretty damn strong opinions. I do. So, definitely That's check out our I... other podcast, so our conversational podcast, where we uh, will do occasionally do interviews, and if not, we'll just uh, come up with a cool topic to talk about for the week. So it's a, it's definitely a good time. So check it out. I tell you what, Chris. I don't know about next week or the week after, whatever. Should we do a bit of research, and should we do our top ten? 360 generation sort of so 360 PS3 and Wii sort of generation games top 10 and also the worst 10 games that's an obscure thing to ask but yes yes we should because I think that could be quite fun alright let's do it you know so basically we are we both have to have let's just iron it out we both have to have a list of 20 games and we both have to try and get to a, a 10 and then we'll try to order them. I reckon, I reckon we do a top 10 for best games, top 5 for worst. I, no, think, it's, I, th- I think it's harder to find bad games. Like, this is, I, I'm going oh, to find it hard to look at games and just go, that's shit. Oh God, I see that all the time. Really? Oh God, yeah. All right, all right. I'll give it a go, mate. We should try to get someone it's else fun. on, though, to join us. I think it'll be more interesting if we can try to get some more people to throw out their, their ideas of what the best games are of that generation. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. But all right, there's a, there's a topic for next week, so there we go. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I was thinking if we do it right, then just the the top 10 list on its own might take an hour is so we could just do one for one week and then the other for the other week sort of thing true okay well there you go guys so So not only uh check out uh last week's uh conversational version of oug talks for a interesting interview um what what podcast will this be on david will it be on the gaming podcast or the oug talks which one the The, uh, the top 10 Might just go out on this one. All right. So, yeah, stay tuned to this podcast next week, guys. Uh, And we'll throw in a retro uh, top 10 debate over the best games of last generation. So, if you're interested in that, we'll see you next week. Oh, do you reckon we should start with the top 10 90s games? Oh, fuck off. The top 10 2000s. Yeah, no, definitely. The top 10 90s games when I was born over halfway through the (laughs) 90s. Yes, at two years old, I was so into gaming. That could be quite cool. Alright, I will not be on that week. Anyway, check out our website, oneupgaming.co.uk. We do have a Patreon site, which is patreon.com slash O-U-G. We have official t-shirts and mugs over at bluecyborg.com. Just search oneupgaming. We do have Amazon links on the site, so if you're ordering anything from Amazon, just click on the link... And he takes you straight to Amazon. We get a small kickback as a thank you for advertising Amazon. I've not seen that kickback. 
no, no one's ever added out from it. You could have just lied and said you were stealing it all for yourself, but all right. I used to order stuff myself, but then Amazon stopped allowing me to do that. <laughs> I can understand I why. Got, I got about I got about fifty quid off them. So anyway, check shit. out our website, oneupgaming.co.uk, for the latest reviews, previews, and gaming content. I've been on the site. There is oh, we're not done. tabs which takes you to Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Sorry, you can done. email us at contact at oneupgaming.co.uk. You can tweet us at OUG official as long as it's not about oh, kickoff stop. revival. We're on iTunes. Please subscribe. Give five stars. Give us and I think stars. that'll do. Give us no stars. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so thank you, Chris. That'll do. Thank you, David. And we'll be back next week. Yeah, see you guys next time. Have a good one. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, guys. Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes, you in particular in that way. And I wanted to say... I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And I was wondering, if you think we're great, if you could give us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It would really, really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash O-U-G and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all, every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. OUG Gaming will always be free, but with your support, we can always move forward and always be better.